muted it. Here we go. Hey, you be trying to set me up. I just unmuted it. But so I'm going to jump right into it. We have a special guest today, Miss Bania of the B Mix, uh, coming back shortly. Uh, all praises to Allah. Uh, but today is a. Uh, she came back yesterday. She came back yesterday. You was here yesterday? Oh, I, I wasn't on social media. I wasn't. It's, it's okay, baby. It's all right. Keep, keep on with your spill because Marty had to do well, that. She'll thing. be back next week. She'll be okay. back next week. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> but I um, I am very excited to have a special conversation that I wanted to do on boundaries um, and just speaking your truth. And then on the flip side of that, being making space for people to tell you their truth. Mm. You know, because somebody comes to you with their feelings, it should not end in an argument. Because that's what you're telling me is you don't believe what I'm feeling. And I'm telling you what I'm feeling. You may not agree with what I'm saying, but you can't tell me how I'm feeling. Uh, and this stemmed from, and she's going to probably punch me in my face when she see me, but I'm going to punch her back. Uh, <laughs> me and my sister, we had a really, for the first time ever in life, I think we had a really open conversation. And I'm going to preface this via text. Uh, that works too. I'll text you. We can sign language. I learned a little bit sign language over the uh, pandemic, all that. Uh, but I brought Bania on because Bania speaks a lot of, you know, you know, she's very peaceful, she's very loving, you know, and I'm the I'm the Christian that's still, you know, trying to make it over. And that's okay. I'm, I'm still, you know, <laughs> I got a little bit more to go before I can secure my seat. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, okay. and this is all based on what I've been through. So this conversation between me and my sister had a lot to do with perception. Mm. And our argument became what I was feeling, how I saw and experienced life. She didn't see it that way. Mm -hmm. And because she didn't see it that way, she was able to like, well, you know, I, I basically told her some things that I had never told anybody before. And she glossed over it because it wasn't something that she knew. Like it was never told to her. So I never said it. Nobody, she never knew about it. So she just brushed over it. And I said, you can't keep doing that. That's our problem. If I say something to you, I'm saying it as this is my perspective. This is what happened. This is how I saw it. This is how I feel. And I think by the end of the conversation, she understood more of why I react the way I react. And I, we have to make room for not only our young people, but our older people to express themselves and tell you how they feel. I, I stopped blaming people for hurting me because I understand they themselves were hurt. What I did was I've set a boundary so you won't be in my space. I'll love you from a distance. And that's mother, sister, cousin, friend, foe, pastor, mm -hmm. everybody. That's if funny. I can't be loved how I need to be loved, not how I want to be loved, how I need to be loved, love me from afar. Mm. But stay out of my space. At this point, pass the offering plate because you didn't open up a full-blown full But it really, it's, it's, I mean, and literally, I was late getting to my studio because we were literally, we weren't even talking. Mm -hmm. We were just texting. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to get in the shower and get ready and get, I had customers waiting on me. 
and I'm steady texting, steady texting. And we had a really lengthy conversation over about two hours Good. texting. And it, it'll make us, we've never been, I'm going to say we were close because we grew up in the same home. Mm -hmm. We never really were close. Mm -hmm. And we are four years and four days apart. Okay. Okay. Literally. And it's, you know, and I understand, you know, our family isn't like the unifying family. And as we've got, me and her have gotten older, we've had a lot of issues with family being jealous of us because they thought we had more than them or whatever. And, and I'm, I can't even speak for their jealousy. I just know what it was. Mm -hmm. um, and me and her have then began to butt heads because now we're on two different sides of the equation. She doesn't want to see the fact that hurt people hurt people. She just saw that she was hurt. Okay. So she's staying stuck in that. And now she's raising uh, uh, my nieces the way me and her were raised, isolated. Mm -hmm. So we don't have connection with family. And now her children, and now hopefully our conversation will open the door and make her understand you can't, punish your children. Those people may not deserve a relationship with you and your children, but your children and you deserve a relationship. Absolutely. So whatever you have to do, especially with family, friends, they come and go. Sorry. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. But family is something that was given to us. Friends are optional. Sure. And it's, it's really time for us to really make space for family and the things that have happened to them in life. We just see the results of their behavior through their behavior. But somebody did those things to them. Absolutely. So I know I don't have much time with you. I'm going to let you go. That was my speech. Listen. Go on with that. But uh, I just want your perspective on it. I was interested to hear what you would you would have to say to any advice or perspective that you may have. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So a few things in response to, and it's literally just to add on, like I, I don't have a rebuttal. I don't have, like, when I say, first and foremost, rebut just, me. Rebut no, me. like, if I, look, if I had a rebuttal, I'd, I, I'd whisper it, right? But I, I don't, I don't, because I am stuck at the place, stuck in a good place of the fact that, you know, y'all have had this conversation. Right. And, and for so many different reasons, one, just for, you know, the, the the obvious that you had this conversation. I don't care that it's the first time, you know, in life. That mm -hmm. let's start. That's fine because right, I'll, I'll right. be honest. I actually, at thirty eight and thirty four, we're just having on. this conversation. Come on, and guess what? Glad that you had it. Then mm -hmm. two, the fact that you're talking about boundaries today, and that you, I know earlier when you when you started off and just and just share with the audience that, um, you know, you said I'll, I'll give the disclaimer. You know. It, is via text, but honey, say it proudly because mm -hmm. via text and having this initial conversation started mm -hmm. out, you know, exercising, I guess the end goal of what you want to work toward of exercising boundaries. So both of you were coming right. from your place of comfort instead of, because I know that I'm a per personally, I'll say, you know, a certain conversation I want to have, you know, via like, um, via phone or something now FaceTime is in, you know, so FaceTime or in person, like there are just certain things, but then I have to step back and consider where people are. And usually Usually, but real quick, you know what? What I had to force her to stop doing was putting emotion on my words, and she she just uh, disappeared. But our argument was about uh, initially we were addressing subjects 
But what she was doing was putting an emotion on my words from me. So she was, and I think that's, that happens a lot when we text each other. Uh, when we text each other, we often try to understand what somebody's feeling. Mm. So what we did in that conversation, Bonilla, was because we were texting, eventually for her, there was no emotion evolved. Mm -hmm. You had to read my words and I had to read yours. And mine is any personal, I kept saying, take your personal feelings out of this and mm -hmm. read what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in between my words that you can defer. Which is a good thing. Right. A, very, a very good thing. And it's so that's what it, words. It, it helped to usher in where you needed her to come from and where you needed her to meet you. So that's why that's I said right. there's so much, so much good in the fact that this initial conversation, one happened and then the way that it happened, there's so much mm -hmm. good in it. And so then when I hear you talk about boundaries, automatically mm -hmm. I hear about validation, right? So validation as far as I know that we, for whatever reason in our society, I get it. We walk around and say, you know, well, me, I don't need nobody to validate me as long as you validate yourself. I get all that. Here's the thing. When we're talking about relationships and like just yesterday, truthfully, on the B-Mix, I was talking about family ministry, like familial ministry, as in just the family unit, just especially mm. where we come from, like the, the siblings and just the family that we grew up in the same household. Um, there, there's something about the fact that if we can really shift our minds and shift our direction and attention so we're working on that and repatching that. Um, so I, when I say I am like on such a high to hear that you had this conversation with your sister, mm -hmm. because I really do believe it's the children of the family that's really where it's going to start. It's, I don't hear a lot of people where they say it's the family reconciliation that starts between, right. a, you know, mother and daughter or father and son. Like usually it's like the siblings and then it works its way up and then can work its way down. So it's just different levels. So to hear that y'all have had this conversation and that again, with the fact that it's like you said, she had to read your words just as you had to read hers to where you're able, whether if you knew mm -hmm. before this conversation, if you knew, you know, that um, she didn't have the same perception, uh, mm -hmm. maybe you had an idea of that. But well, then perspective, she, our right, perspective right. will totally be, because it exactly. was literally, it was coming from her eyes and mm -hmm. from my eyes. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be, and, and it was my experience. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to feel what I yeah. feel absolutely. if it did not personally happen to you. Absolutely. And so why hand in hand with that, when we talk about boundaries to validation, it boils down to, <laughs> you don't have to agree. That's fine. Because like you said, it's your perspective, your perception to your perspective right, versus right. my, you know, um, perception to my perspective. But you do have to respect it because then that's where we can soften the verses. It doesn't have to be your perspective versus mine. It's just you have yours and then right. I have mine. They can coexist. We, I can respect that we were right there on that same day. Child, it's funny because it a brother of mine that we talk more, but child, we always we've been a little strange too. I don't want to, and um, but literally, so talking about these little, I call them cascaders. I don't know why that word always comes to mind, but these cascaders out here, right? Um, and how I think back to when Ooh, they came out. You such an old person. You grow up. You had a lot of older people around you. Yeah, no, not at all. It's my soul. Honey. I don't know. This so thing's so churchy. <laughs> 
and let the church tell you. They'd be like, so well, no, I just don't fit. I don't belong. And it's okay. So, but these cascaders out here, baby, when they first came out, you know, well, not first, but you know, when they came out the last time, I, my brother and I, I'm talking and sharing like my PTSD that I have from them. Okay. And mm-hmm. he has this totally different, it was just wrong, but I'm still, I still mm-hmm. respect the fact that that's his perception, his perspective. I think it's because he's a little slow. Okay. Okay. And I think it's because he definitely gets, well, gets to the different. hurt. To let's, the say, let's say different. He's different. Honey, I'm talking about that one. I knows that one. Okay. Ain't, I'm not knocking nobody else's other slow because trust me, I got my slow about me too, but baby, that thing's slow. But I love him nonetheless, right? But, um, you know, still perspective. And so it was the fact that even though I know what I'm speaking is factual, like true, I still respect it. Okay, if that's how you believe that, okay, not a problem. Sure enough, it came out later. He was like, you know what? You were right. Doesn't matter. I wasn't even trying to be right because I knew that I was. And so that's why even still it it boils back, back down to us working on self so much and healing to the point where we can then, like I talked about last night, um, so it's, I'm feeling weird that I'm repeating myself, but I love that it's here, that it's about you know, healing and getting ourselves, you know, strengthened and comfortable and confident enough to approach these uncomfortable conversations. It's going to start with uncomfortability first. It's not, mm-hmm. we can't walk right into, you know, family reconciliation, whatever that looks like. Sometimes, like we said, family, friend, foe, ex, associate, pastor, whomever, right? It doesn't mean that just because we're reconciling, it just needs to clear the space. It doesn't mean that we're coming back physically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so even when we're talking about family, we talk about there's isolation or physically or we're around each other, but we're isolated or we're distant. Either way, to reconcile that, because we know that's not the goal. Ideally, we wouldn't want to be isolated or distant with someone that we call as family, that we are family by genetics, um, or especially even family that we choose to be our family. We don't want that distance to, to mm-hmm. um, exist there. And when we talk about reconciliation, it's just clearing that air to where wherever we then, wherever the cards fold, out, you know, at the mm-hmm. end of it, then that's how they lie. But we know then it's out of respect. It's out of respect for your perspective, out of respect for my perspective. So my only advice is keep on keeping on like with these conversations with sister, even if it, you know, starts with now, instead of pushing more, maybe kind of let her come back to you as far as maybe another conversation, but then go on to, like you said, your nieces or nephew or something like just show that there because sometimes it is through the children that then the adults kind of come back together but it is a powerful powerful movement that y'all had this conversation especially because she can then go back whether she will or not but then go back and even you can go back and refer to the you know this mm-hmm. conversation in writing like right. it's, it's a powerful well that's that's what sparked me well, the distance that I've had in the last couple of years from family and a lot of different people was because I'm in the process of writing a book. And I didn't know that at the time. Uh, but in the last yeah. three years, I've Love started it. the process, a slow process to writing a book. Shout out to my uh, editor partner, as well as uh, Blue Waters, who is acting as a life coach uh, mm-hmm. as I'm writing the book. So the book is going to appear to be a therapy session, one long therapy session. And, uh, and, and and I'm trying to be an example for family, Absolutely. for individuals, for people who don't even know me to not only normalize speaking your truth, yes. but let's figure out a way to move past it. We're in a, a strange space right now where people are comfortable wearing schizophrenic on their shoulder mm-hmm. or wearing uh, molested on their mm-hmm. sleeve mm-hmm. and just wearing it and just wearing it right and staying there 
but where where do we move right. forward absolutely. from? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it's creating some like, and I'm gonna be transparent. I've said this a lot. I'm not comfortable being alone with women right now. Okay. And it's been since the beginning of this Me Too movement. Okay. I'm, I'm really, unco- I was already uncomfortable around children and not because I'm fearful of what I may do, but I'm fearful of perception. I was about to say, if it goes back to perception, I do. I, I am fearful that. of perception. I acknowledge that. Because that can really, yeah. And, and being even deeper transparent, I've watched two men be accused of rape. And I've watched both of those incidents end with that person saying, well, I was mad at him or he didn't give me what I wanted. I myself have been accused of molesting. And it was all because somebody wanted something for themselves and they used me as a catalyst to get that thing. I had nothing to do with either of the arguments. I was just the only male president. So somebody had to take the fall for that. So I'm really sensitive to how people feel. Got it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these things I just disclosed to my sister for the first time, first person. And people who were there understood it. But again, she's younger than me. So she didn't have any idea of the life her older brother had to mm-hmm. uh, take on, the responsibilities, the trauma, the triggers that I've had to ordeal. And it was telling. And and and. I, I have to now address family because a lot of them may not know. Uh-huh. Or what were they going to do if the same thing has happened to them? Right. Other than, well, that's what happened to people. Mm-hmm. Everybody get molested. Most people have been molested think everybody has gone through this. Right. So what, what do you want me to do? Right. Nobody right. was there to do anything for me, but what do you want me to do for you? You know, so you go to one of the extremes. So this has been... And I, and I don't even feel heavy. Like it, Good. it definitely feels lighter. Good. I'm not. I am honestly, and Marty, I don't want to hear laughter. I am not a confrontational person unless pushed to it. Okay. You know that rat that is back into a corner will jump out and bite you. I ain't gonna tell, but I thought I heard a little chuckle. But we can. Go I, I heard it too, but I, I tried to go over. <laughs> I'm, and I'm, but I've had to learn to be confrontational because people step on your kindness, on your weakness, and they they begin to disrespect you because they can. Mm-hmm. And that's they where boundaries that come mm-hmm. Right. That's and I watched, uh, uh, Yana Van Zandt had a, a live broadcast last night and she spoke on boundaries. And she's like my big auntie. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I found myself listening to it better than I would have had I not had that conversation with my sister. See what I mean? That is that piece of the conversation that we have to hear because people feel like the work that I'll do, okay, I'll do it for what? A lot of people do feel like, you know, I go to therapy for what? Or I work on myself and I heal for what? What happens? It's because you then strengthen your inner being to be able to respond to things differently, even if, or not differently, but better, even if it is just listening and hearing something better than you would have prior to, like I said, either a conversation or prior to, you know, work or something that you've done that's therapeutic. That is the whole 
point. Like I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I am on a high because I am so happy to hear well, that. I, and I remember you had a conversation. Uh, I think I was on your show. We were talking about mm-hmm. church hurt and forgiveness, mm-hmm. and this is kind of the same thing with yes. your family hurt. Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a, a gut wrenching feeling. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I was just saying whatever means something to you. You're right. Like with mm-hmm. church, it really with family, friends, whomever. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's the wildest thing ever to understand how people have sit on things for years and they go to their graves with it. They die because of it Mm -hmm. because they pick up habits that help them to numb those things. And, and, and all it took was just a listening ear. That's it. But we listen to respond, not to understand anymore. Yeah. And I, I was in the, in that conversation, I was forcing her to be the little sister and just listen. For once, just listen. I grew up in a family of superhero women who were bitter, who were angry, who were traumatized, who was victimized, who was beat and battered, you know, and so they were so hard-hearted. It was so hard-hearted. So their reaction to men was to dismiss them because I have not needed you. I needed you, but I did not need you all this time. I've been doing it myself. And I know that's the perspective that my sister has grown into, but it was just telling to me and just knowing, you know, I've watched her grow to this person that she is today. And I'm not, this is not a bad session because I want to hear this and feel like she's being bad. I'm actually applauding her because despite all the things that she's gone through, she's been able to, you know, gain some resilience and really be on her own and handle her own business. You know, I wish I was able to, uh, to isolate the things that have happened to me in life and move forward. But as an artist, I've had to use those things and move them along with me. Okay. I haven't been able to separate them. The only thing that I was able to ever separate was my emotions. Okay. And I, I can be real nondescript. But in the last couple of years, I've started to feel and people are uncomfortable with black men feeling anything. And I don't want to make this about black men versus black, but but there was never a space for us to emote Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or to show emotion. And when we do, we're considered weak. And and, in my conversation with her, I could tell she wanted me to just suck it up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't do that no more. Good for you. Good I couldn't, I could no longer suck it up because sucking it up, you begin to explode from the inside. Absolutely. And that is not good for you or for anyone around you. And when I say it is, keep saying that, I don't know if you can pin that in the comments, something people are uncomfortable with, and you can just say men, if you want to say black men, but exactly how you said it was people are uncomfortable with black men. Right, right, right. (laughs) That's why I said I love the way you said it. People are uncomfortable with black men emoting or or expressing their their emotions or their feelings. That is such mm-hmm. a powerful thing. We have to hear the uncomfortable pinned statements. We have to keep hearing them because we have to then be able to acknowledge our own behaviors and then um, I guess compare them and realize that we have to wear that. I even have to well, wear that. Receive it though, but don't just hear them. Right. Receive it. Right. You know, it's loud. You may so not loud. agree with it, but receive what they're Absolutely. saying as their truth. This is their Absolutely. truth. Absolutely. And the Absolutely. reason that many black women 
and I'm not going to even say most, but many black women are uncomfortable is because of the trauma that they've experienced. Absolutely. It stems from disappointment. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's that thing where, and I think, and I know your mom, Benia. It's okay. Talk though. It's moms, okay. When something happens to their child, they absorb that feeling mm -hmm. and make it personal and in return, make it about them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if my child has done something, yeah. I am now angry at my child for doing this. Not why this happened or what happened. I make it about me. Uh -huh. Instead of seeing them as people, as mm -hmm. individuals. I, used to mm -hmm. hate, I, I would tell my mom I'm not feeling good. She's like, well, I don't feel good either. So let's get up and get this going. And it, it was such a, a, a not acknowledgement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of what I was feeling in that moment. Right. Our responses are, yeah. And it's not even that we want to be baby. People just want to be heard That's and it. understood. That's it. That'll change. That'll knock it. That'll kind of cut it at its knees. And we think so much more than, oh, you just want to be this or you just want that. But that's not the case at all. It reminds me of one of the things that I definitely try to talk about a lot is, um, and this, this will be kind of like some of my like closing points, but um, okay. you know how when we talk about... Um, uh, growing up and we're talking about like cleaning our room or something, right? And so, you know, parents are like, cause they don't never, you know, when they want to complain about something, they don't never want to clean their room. It's like, da, 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 da. And so what I've tried to talk about in these days as well, we also came, that went simultaneously with, this is my house. This is my couch. This is my living room. So if you're not allowing me as someone that we all, we keep saying, we've heard a plenty of time, you know, that child didn't ask to be here. So I'm someone that did not ask to be here, right? Um, I did not come to you and knock on you and daddy door, like, hey, y'all gonna get together tonight? What y'all doing? Right? I didn't do that. Um, what it be like? What it be like? Right? You know, I didn't, I don't want to, but, <laughs> um, you know, like, I'm someone that did not ask to be here. I am somebody that is just trying to figure the life that all that I know around me out. And I know that, you mm -hmm. know, as my parent, the larger life, but you have to respect me as an individual, as a human being, as a person to understand that naturally, naturally, I have this innate need to feel uh, um, this innate sense of belonging. I need to feel like I belong somewhere. So if within the own home that I'm being raised in, that I'm told that I'm loved, and then, and then we know that difference because in some families to hear that some people didn't really hear it. So even the families that may have heard it, but did they feel it? Because it is about Ooh. a feeling in that moment. So to be told that I'm loved, but then to constantly be told that everything in here belongs to you. Nothing mm. would belong to me if we're just talking about what's being bought. If I'm eight, I, I can't. I'm sorry. I would go and get a job if I could, but I cannot. So stop expecting your level of responsibility from me. But if you mm. help me to feel like I belong somewhere, then I'm going to have that then and along with that innate feeling and sense of belonging, then I'm going to want to take care of my belonging. But then even if I don't, that's a space where it's a teachable moment that you as my parent, you as my guardian, you as my provider, my protector, and all of that I love and that I know, you have that space where you can help me to appreciate what it is that belongs to me, my room, for example, even before mm. I know the significance of privacy and all of that, it's just a matter of this is my space, my domain, even if it's a shared room, whatever, help me to feel like I belong here. 
So then mm-hmm. from there, from parents and guardians in the household and adults in the families, that trickles down. As we know, everything that comes down, it comes from the top down, right? Right. So it comes down to the siblings and all that. So now that's why we are at, you know, at odds because we know no better in a sense, because mm-hmm. then, I, you know, that's why I don't think to hear and to validate your feeling, your emotion as my brother. I don't think to validate mm-hmm. and uh, uh, your emotion and feeling as my sister. I just don't think to do that because I'm not getting that. So a lot of it stems from disappointment. Disappointment mm. is like the thing, if I could remove anything from this earth, and God knows it's a long list, but disappointment is definitely at the top of it. Disappointment stems, mm. so much stems from disappointment. It's because I'm disappointed, like how you said, just when you mm. talked about the dynamic of women in your family. And what I heard was that, you know, strong women just, you know, like you said, hardened hearts. And I, I ain't gonna lie, I know you call me churchy, so I thought about... Um, <laughs> In the Bible, the honorary first ladies. Uh, <laughs> you know, I thought about like the what was the story of you know hardened hearts and withered hands. You know what I mean? Just how mm. that goes hand in hand, and so it comes from a place of like we have to strengthen ourselves and just get the gain that confidence to be able to even stretch out my withered hand in order for it to be restored. So the fact that mm. I am coming from a dis a place of disappointment that I can't you know respect a man. Because of the fact that I, like you said earlier, just quoting you, that you said they feel as though they needed, I needed you, but it wasn't even, oh, but now I'll need you. It's the fact that I needed you and you disappointed me. So then I built that resilience to say, I don't need you. That's what, that's the world we in right now, where it's the Mm. women talking about, I'm independent, I don't need nobody. I just started changing that thing. Listen, I'm a strong, independent black woman that needs a man. Okay. I want to be very clear about that. I, I stopped saying that don't need no man. I cut that part out. That was when I was ignorant. Okay, now that Mm -hmm. I know better, you know, I'm trying to do better. And so I completely I will say as a black woman that has known you of only a year and some change now, Mm -hmm. honey, I completely acknowledge your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts. They are important to me as a Mm -hmm. black woman, as a black mother. I'm telling you that I really, really, really care about you. And I'm godly proud of you for having this conversation with your sister. Thank you. I thank you. Absolutely. The work and we're gonna have to have a part two because Bania got some mommy duties to do right now. So we're gonna come together again. She's not going away, I'm not going away, big exposed not going away. So we're gonna continue to do that on each other's platform. So part two coming soon. Miss Bani, I'm gonna give her enough time the next time. Uh so thank you. Well, we'll talk soon. Definitely, definitely. And I appreciate you coming on. Of course. Y'all take care. I'll see y'all soon. So just a brief intermission to today. Uh, if you go to the Artist Exchanges page, uh, and I think I shared it with Marnie as well. Um, but if you go to Baltimore Magazine uh, and vote for the Artist Exchange radio show for Best of Baltimore in their readers poll, so somebody nominated i don't i don't know how they do their nominations um, I reached out. Yeah, on there. a whole bunch of stuff is on there about being exposed radio so we're up there we're on there now yeah we're on there <laughs> on female art magazine yeah the station is on there too so ready best radio station all that kind of stuff is up there so see see um shout out to ddm my friend davon allen they're both in the artist category um, be exposed for station, uh, the artist exchange for podcasts. So hit them up. Uh, let's vote. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest person on these voting platforms, but 
I think we deserve it. I think I've worked hard. I think the artists and the stations work hard. And now, you know, bring me another award. I like awards. I have them all decorated in the space. Bring me another award. Um, and it's really in thanks to the everybody that continues to support the guests, the people who watch, and people who share, the people who still talk about it. Um, and it's, I am satisfied. I'm happy. So go out there and vote. Um, I think we're going to do like a little promo for it. Vote. Be Exposed Best Station. Uh, the Artist Exchange for Best Podcast. Uh, and like I said, DDM and uh, Devin Allen uh, for Best Artist. Uh, so get us out there. This is a time. So back to the schedule. We, this is going to be a probably a little abbreviated show today, but um, it was really important that I said these things today. Um, I was kind of hesitant in speaking about it because um, I'm already working on a book. So a lot of this stuff is already going to be on there. And one of the things that I decided to step back to do is have some uncomfortable conversations with people. Um, and, and my sister was like number three uh, of family specifically that I've had conversations with so far and they have not been easy. You know, it wasn't easy. I think it was easier because we were texting, but it was definitely uncomfortable because it was things that I had never shared before. Um, and my sister's a lady dude. She's definitely a lady dude and that she's had to be hard and she's had to be both mother and father and grow up really fast. Um, and not even telling her story, but we are, you know, we're the products of a very broken family and, and that we, many people are from those families, even the most put together, well-to-do, still have broken pieces, big broken pieces. I'm not sharing anything about my family that's not, you know, known in other families, but uh, I'm only concerned with mine in this moment. And making sure we all get over and we all get through and heal um, as many people in my family as I can. And this book process that I'm doing was really a coming out. You know, this year was the first year. Two, I had two firsts this year. Um, the first time I publicly celebrated my birthday. And I haven't done that in forever. Most of my friends don't even know when my birthday is, because I just never celebrate. A couple people may know, because I think for the last two years, I've allowed Facebook, oh, excuse me, I've allowed Facebook to announce it, and I never did that before. Um, and it wasn't that I was hiding or lying to anyone, and a couple of my friends thought that, uh, but it was, it's, this time of year is very uncomfortable for me. Uh, the second first that I had this year was why my birthday has been uncomfortable for me. My dad died a few days before my birthday. So imagine going through that level of grief and then having to deal with you celebrating your life. Like it just didn't make sense to me. And I'm, I may have made a bad decision and just not avoiding my birthday. At one point in life, I used to change my birthday to a different date and it just wasn't comfortable to me. And all that I've been through in life a lot of it I'm going to talk about in the book, and I keep talking about the book, keep talking about the book, and I have to because I, it has to be real to me. In order for me to finish, in order for me to be passionate about it, 
have to speak about it, but this book is definitely my coming out story um, in, in terms of I've lived in my own self-induced shell uh, for a greater portion of my life. And it's been my 30s where that shell, I've been tapping away from the inside out, trying to figure out how to get outside of the shell and dismantle this shell that I've built, uh, that's been built around me, really. Um, and it's it's been an interesting journey, to say the least, because not everybody is supportive of healing. Some people like you at your weakest moment because it's, it's a space that they feel that they have most control over you. So they're not necessarily going to support your growth. And some people don't like change. They like things the way that they are. And, and, and if it's my health and my well-being and my sanity that's on the line, I'm really not concerned with what you like. I'm just, that's just where I'm at in life. And um, I'm learning to forgive. But at the same time, I'm not gonna keep, I'm not gonna keep going back to things that have hurt me. You know, and it's been a lot of people in my life that um I call it hood shit. And that hood shit is I can hurt you, I can bruise you, I can batter you, I can do dumb shit to you, and you're not supposed to say nothing. You know, because we connect this stop snitching shit to hurting people. So I can destroy. Your, your environment, I can destroy you, but you better not say nothing. You need to suck it up because I've had to suck it up. And I, I, I once I came to grips with that, I, I understood what was happening in the cycles and the patterns and certain relationships in my life. And I'm not, I'm setting boundaries. If you're not uncomfortable with that boundary, stay on that side of it because you won't be on this side of it with that negative attitude. And it's really taken me these eight years of my 30s to really understand um, what self-preservation, what self-wellness is all about. You have to maintain your safe spaces. You have to maintain your sanity. You have to maintain your mind, body, and spirit. You have to maintain those things and don't let people just come in and bring their foolishness to your life. And I'm not perfect. In the conversation with my sister, I kept saying to her because I didn't want her to think as she does that often, as, as she often thinks, I don't know everything and I'm not perfect. I think a lot of people around me, well, I'm, I'm not going to put it on other people. I'm a, I'm a, Use those three fingers pointing back at me as I'm pointing the finger. Um, I made me look easy. You know, I made it easy for the people around me to do as least as possible. You know, I didn't I didn't require people to support me that that was being supported by me. I didn't require people to respect me. Um, and not that I just took anything, but I never set boundaries with people. And when you, when I now I speak of boundaries, people get offended. They they honestly get offended when you speak on boundaries. And I understand the 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 anger or frustration coming from them because you ain't do this in the beginning. I got to do what I wanted to do, and now you want to tell me how I need to treat you? Oh no. I can understand how that's off putting to people. 
But for me, I'm no longer in a space where I will allow people to say, do, and treat me any kind of way because it's comfortable for them. And there are a lot of people who have loved me unconditionally. And those are the people who I call on, that I keep in my circle. And then there are other people who have been bullshit. And I was, and I understand their bullshit because they've gotten bullshit in life. So what can you give other than what you had? And and it, it has been a really trying, trying and um, difficult journey thus far, breaking the habits of allowing people to be in your space for all the wrong reasons. Um. I've never been big on having people as friends just to say I have friends. Um, I can probably count on one hand, maybe two, how many people who I consider my friend. Um, and then everybody else's associates or acquaintances or, you know, people who I work with. Um, and I, I'm comfortable with that. I was never comfortable with hurting other people's feelings. And that, that rubbed me the wrong way because I was not, um, I wasn't being myself. I wasn't setting boundaries. I wasn't respecting myself and my sanity and my self-respect because I was allowing individuals to say and do and be what they needed to be and not think of the cost that that took. So today's conversation was really about, you know, boundaries and having uncomfortable conversations while you're in the process of setting up those boundaries. You know, I really valued the conversation with my sister because we have we have never been siblings on paper. Yes. In theory. Yes. But in life. No. And uh, my cousin uh, asked me a question. Uh, that I was, I was very uncomfortable to answer. You know, she said, "Would you know take away that being your sibling? If you had met this person on the street, would y'all be friends?" And I had to really think about it. I'm not going to share my answer right now because I'm, I'm definitely going to have that part too with Vanilla. But it was uncomfortable for her to ask me that question because I had to think about it. And it was based on our experience, not on how I really felt about her. I love my sister, but at times, you know, you have to you have to sometimes protect yourself. And it wasn't necessarily my sister did all these things to me, but in life, I often felt unprotected. I felt unprotected by the people who were put in my life to be my ex, my ex, my ex, my this, my that, my this. And I felt unprotected by them. You know, I've, I felt unprotected in friendship. You know, when you've been talked about or you've heard things that have been said about you, you grow very hard-hearted when it comes to opening up to people. Or if you've experienced hurt yourself, it's been very difficult for me to then go and trust people because I've heard how you talked about me. So why would I then come back to you and be fake 
and I'm a business person. I'm very professional in my demeanor. So I can have a conversation with somebody I can't stand. And they'll never know me. Because that's just the way I was raised. That's just the level of self-respect that I have that I don't have to speak to someone else's level. But at some point, you got to address it. You got to address it. I'm not just going to keep blocking people on social media and then eventually adding them back or bringing them in my life or not. I'm not going to keep doing that. I'm not going to keep doing it. I'm not. And I'm, I'm tired of making people invisible. Because it's not, it's not healthy for me to keep doing that. You know, and karma is what it is. Um, and I'm really at a space of just, I want to forgive. I want to let go. I want to grow. Because in you holding on to stuff, you're really not growing. You may see parts of success. You may get a little money in your bank account, but you're really not happy. And I, I want to be happy. And I've been always been a happy person. And I want to be happy. But I saw parts of my joy being taken away because I didn't trust people. Because rightfully so, they did things that were not trustworthy. Uh, but I was tired of me having to pay the cost of their bad behavior. And I just wasn't willing to do that anymore. Um, and I've had plenty of conversations like this on this platform but this one means the most because me and my sister may never talk again. We we just may, I, I mean, just a few weeks ago, I told her goodbye forever. And I'm still having communication with her because I didn't mean that I was hurt in that moment. But at the same time, we have to stop hurting people and then expecting for them to keep taking. We, we got to stop doing that in relationships, friendships, family, business. You got to stop treating people like shit and expecting for them to take it because you've had to take it or you've chosen to take it or you've been forced to take it. Stop it. Like the behavior is piss poor at best. Like stop it. You know, we have to we have to learn how to not just get along, but how to have uncomfortable conversations how to be family, how to be real friends. And my friendship isn't tick for tack. I used to have a friend. First of all, I would think about him for Christmas and buying him a Christmas present. You would give him, I would give him the present and he would go into his pocket and pull out money and after asking me how much I paid for this, and he would give you back which means you didn't really even think about buying me anything, which is fine because I didn't give you this for you to give me something. But it, it's not to have a fair and balanced relationship doesn't mean that everything is going to be equal. It doesn't. In some areas, you're going to do better. In some areas, that person is going to be better. That's fair and equal. Not if if I spend two dollars and fifty cents on you, you gotta spend two dollars. That that's not a friendship. That is a business arrangement. And I'm I no longer want to be friends with people. I no longer want to do business with people, and it may hurt me. Uh, and hey, but I'm no longer gonna allow myself to be disrespectful, respected. I'm not gonna allow myself to be hurt, and I'm not gonna keep going back to people who don't love themselves enough to respect the people around them 
and you know anybody that's hearing this message that feels some kind of way, then I guess it was for you. I, I guess this message was for you. I guess it was about you. I guess it was towards you. I guess it was you. So, you know, and again, I'm prefacing this by saying because she may watch my show. I don't know if she regularly watches the show, but this was not about bashing my sister. It wasn't about putting our business out in the street, but I have learned to be an open book. I can't ask for people to trust me if they don't know who I am. And I'm learning to show more. I've always been myself, but I have to learn how to show that person. Be Nate, show Nate. And if people are uncomfortable with it, that's their problem. I'm not dimming my light anymore. I'm not um, trying to shape shift myself into uh, a space that makes you feel comfortable about your shortcomings. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm being honest and direct every single time. And I'm always respectful. I'm always supportive. I'm always going the extra mile. I'm, all, I'm always. And now I just require the same. And if you can't give me that, just get out my way. Get out my way. And um, with that, I just, I want to leave people with today. Um, If you were to die today or tomorrow, have you left behind any unanswered questions? Have you any unfinished business in terms of your relationships with people? And I'm not saying do things because you're going to die. Do good because you're going to die. But do good because you're going to die one day. Do good because that person is going to die one day. And I know too many people walking around here as zombies because they have allowed an unfinished business or unfinished argument or unfinished feeling or something, and they let that person take that to their grave. And now they're in that grave mentally with that person because they can't move forward. Guilt has set in or hurt has set in, and now you're just a zombie. But I'm going to end on this news. And again, go to Baltimore Magazine and you can vote for um, the Artist Exchange radio show for best podcast. And is it under station? Hold on. I think I'm pulling it up now. <coughs> Radio host. Yes, it's under station. Under radio stations, um, you can vote for Big Exposed Radio. And um, yeah. So I'm excited. I hope you are excited. I hope we are all excited. Continue to like, share, and subscribe. Oh, and see the thing about to go dead just that quick. Um, like, share, and subscribe to our page, the Artist Exchange Radio Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm building my LinkedIn profile so you can be able to find us there as well. I'm not doing all them other chats, and I'm not doing all that. I'm not doing. I'm. I'm I put my foot down. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to keep up. Um, and 
Be Exposed Radio. You can go to our website, check out our new blogger uh, series um, where we are doing live interviews, well, not live interviews, but interviews and reviews on various topics. I'll be doing more lifestyle, like new great places to eat, new shows, artists, so artists, entertainment, and food. Those are we got a whole bunch of opinion pieces getting ready to come out too. Yes. So go to our website and you'll be able to see that up on the uh is it just on the front page? Maybe it's it's on the right on the front page under the headlines at the bottom. Right. Um one of the ones that are getting ready to get released probably later on this evening is the uh, about the bonnet controversy with Monique and um Tammy Roman. Mm. I wanted to talk about that. I'll be back in a couple minutes. So I can talk about that after. I'm about to move everything. Bear with me because I can do that now because the rest of my home. Uh, but <clears throat> and it actually goes into a lot of what I spoke about today, perception. Um, and I'm I'm tired of people hating Monique for the sake of Hating Monique and I. Who's writing that article? Uh, Love Dawn. Love Dawn is writing that article. But um, my pre-rebuttal to that would be um, hmm. Monique, like my mother, <coughs> like a lot of my great aunts, come from a time a certain time period. Um, I grew up in a household with a great grandmother. So a lot of my perspectives on life is um, based on those experiences. Um, And I say that to say, like Bill Cosby, Monique is being hated for the sake of her being an elder. Because if I have an employee, you're not wearing a bonnet in my office. Mm-hmm. You're not doing it. Um, I don't make sense. You shouldn't. I mean, there are classifications for where you should wear a bonnet. Right. And people just want to do what they want to do for the sake of being able to do it nowadays. Not because it makes any sense. Because they're accusing Monique of um, caring about what people think. Well, why are you protecting your hair? Why are you trying to preserve your hair? Because you don't want it to be all over your head because you care about what fucking people think. <laughs> and it, 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 you're arguing with Monique because you just want to argue with her. She's the person, the center person to hate right now. Omarosa ain't saying shit lately. So you just well, want to hate Monique. Well, but part of it was, uh, it was kind of um, contradictory to it. I think... Uh, yeah. Um, that we all wisdom is all wisdom comes with contradictions. That's but like you know, but it was also because you know the way Love Dog presented it to me because I didn't see it until mm-hmm. she told me about it. So when I went to go right. look at the video, I was like, well, because the way she presented it to me, she was like, well, she get, was in the video with her um, with no bra and a robe, and and then I was like, well. Okay, let me go look at the video first. So I went to mm-hmm. go look at the video, and she's talking about at the airport and this and that and that. But you are now coming to us as the broader audience to look at your video, and right. you're right. She got on a robe and a bra. Then why you ain't get dressed? But up? I think the 
But I think the point of her conversation is when you go out, bitch, put your best foot forward. But and that's, that's not nothing did. new in her commentary. I she did go on stand up about you it. You should be dressed when you go out. But at the same time, right. you're doing a public video and you're not dressed. But I, I think, and 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 I'm a stand for Monique. I'm a always stand for her. I'm always be supportive. And not just because I love Monique. And if she's wrong, I'm gonna say she's wrong. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I think it's a it's a <laughs> is a wisdom wisdom from elders are always going to be wrong you know my mother telling me not to smoke weed was like mom you did i know what that fake pepsi can in your room <laughs> really has in it but you don't want me to do it for the reasons you see it being a negative thing you those reasons mm-hmm. but they negative to you right they're not negative to you but you don't want your child born so I think that's the that's the same perception. So now <coughs> everybody's go ahead. That's why I was like, I wanted to, uh, you know, when Love Dawn was saying she wanted to write the article on it, I was like, I see it in two aspects of it. You talking about people right. out in the street dressed that way, don't have pride. You don't know me. You don't know me to say that I don't have pride in my. And see, that's the disconnect between one moment in time that you caught me outside, maybe go having to run to the store real quick. You don't know what I was doing. I could have been in the middle of an emergency. And and it's a lot of, but it's a lot of what ifs like that. But just understand, she's been there. I'm not saying she's right about everything. I I understand the both, you know, from both aspects of it. But you don't know the people that you see in the street. And see, that's but that's the disconnect between this future generation right now, this present generation, and the past generation. Young people today, and I'm saying anybody in there from 35 under. They don't have respect. So anything that she would have said would have been this bonding issue. That's what my point is. I believe those people were taking offense because you don't know me to make that kind of critique on what I had on at the airport. You don't know the situation that they were in for the reason why they at the airport with that bonding on. Again, somebody could have been rushing to the airport because they were going to go see a, a dying family member in another state and had to get out on an emergency way. And I and I and I'm totally I I'm of all people I'm one person who people always misunderstand based off of face value. So I get that. Right. But no matter what she would have said, it would have been an issue. And I'm not mad about her saying it because it was a great conversation to get started. Because now mm-hmm. you get to hear other people's opinions on right. why they were at the gas station. Because I was right. just thinking a slim jump. It don't have anything to do with my pride in myself. To make you feel good about my presentation. But see, again, that is, that is, uh, she's of a generation where you had to make sure your hair was straight and, 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 and I'm not giving her excuses, but that's a generation. Mm-hmm. She's it the is. same age as my mother. You know, my, I had a young mother. So my mother had plastic oh, over her level coaching. Now, uh, Love Dawn broke it down into the perspective of today. Today's youth and what they expect and how they do they deal with their pride. Pride mm-hmm. is not on their appearance. Pride is something that they have inside of them. And they don't need And it's not, I don't even think it's inside of them. I don't because this whole bonnet issue is is fake. Because most of y'all don't even wear fucking bonnets. So y'all just taking offense because somebody is just like 
Bill Cosby saying, pull up your pants. Well, I don't know. I don't think they're taking offense, but I also know that they don't. This new age of, of people, <laughs> I don't want to even call them millennials no more because it's, it's, it's so many different opinions. Because we're millennials. You and I are millennials. I'm not no, a, I am. I'm, yeah, I'm not a millennial though. <laughs> I am. Um, See, you are. I'm. I'm at the very beginning of being a millennial. <laughs> um, no, but what I was saying is, it, it's like so many different things. Like the youth of today don't want, and I wish I, I actually do wish our generation was more so like that too. They don't want the opinions of the older crowd. But you go repeat the because same mistake. Live the same. We don't live the same life that you lived thirty years ago. But they absolutely do. Nothing has changed under the sun. You can't you gotta, recreate you the wheel. Technological advances into the way that you. And that's the life. that's the only they're living a total different world. Especially these kids that are growing up now. They have more advances than we even had growing up. So well, that should be all the reason. And I'm not and and. You're speaking to someone who was raised by a great grandparent. And Most of my friends, they didn't know what that was like. That is uh, the reason why I say that they're they're different than we were 30 years ago because they get dressed to the kills for a video, for an Instagram video. They will be dressed to the nines. Going out in the street means nothing to these kids anymore because right. they're not doing this. That's not what they're promoting. They're promoting themselves online. Mm-hmm. It's where they're dressed to the nines. If I'm going to the store, these people outside don't mean anything. My crowd is online. But see, and that's what that's the point that I took from the saying. Monique is in the streets looking at people. And they're not looking for that, that attention in the street. They're looking for that attention online. And see, that's that's the that's what I took from that. That's mm-hmm. why I didn't understand why people could not understand where she was coming from. I yeah. get people being offended by it. That's you know, if I wore bonnets, I would be offended. One person I heard um, the most from is the uh, somebody that was like, well, I wear my bonnet to the airport because I'm not looking for nobody at the airport. No one at the airport has anything to offer me but to get out of my way so I can get on my flight and get to my destination. But, but I, I'm and, and, and I, because, I, I, because I'm a real fan of Monique, or if I'm doing a demonstration on how to do this latest hair product, that's when my game is on. In the street, but, and, it, and, and that's the lesson in this for me. <laughs> because they they accuse the older generation of being very superficial, but mm-hmm. they're just repeating the same mistakes that our grandparents made, and and that's 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 why I came at it defending Monique because it was again I'll equate this to when you know the the soundbite of Bill Cosby uh, saying "Pull up your pants." I was there when he was doing his college tour and he first started saying, pull up your pants. Mm-hmm. I understood what that meant. I understood what yeah. it meant. And, and I understand what that means too. I would like for everybody to pull up their pants too, but I also know that I am not responsible for nobody but myself. But you, but that doesn't, but you, that's, that's already assumed. It, you don't have to listen to my wisdom for me to give my wisdom. Uh, and, and I'm trying to remember, I think it was Mike Everybody's F. up for interpretation because I don't. It, it is, it is, but you don't have to listen. But that's why we have elders because they've already been in that place. They've already been in this place where they got dressed up to the nines to impress someone. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have a computer to be able to do it in front of. So Monique has been here already. Monique started out, part of her comedy act was talking about her going to the uh, social service office and her best shit. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's, I think people get so offended when someone is just giving you an opinion. Take it as an opinion. It don't mean you, it's not law because somebody over well, said you had to do it. I don't think it was a lot. It was more a combative argument. People just wanted to argue. They just needed something new to talk about since Trump's not here. But that's how today's world works. You need to combat what you don't agree with. Don't but it's, just, it's getting to an ugly place. It's almost like, what's the point of getting older if you can't share your wisdom or your experience? Mm. Your options. That's what wisdom is to me. Options. Mm-hmm. And may, I think the disconnect with the elders is this new technology world was not what they thought for us to have. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it throws them off when we're more self-absorbed about this type of interaction than we are in person. Mm-hmm. It's it's confusing to them. Many, I still have family members that don't have Facebook. It's mm-hmm. not confusing to me. One, because I remember not having Facebook, not having any of this. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I think as, as this cusp of a millennial that I think we are, we understand, but we, we're like the generation I'm in is we know what it's like <coughs> to not have a cell phone in our hand at every moment at all. And then we, we, and by the time we were teenagers, we had cell phones. Mm-hmm. Like, so it, it just, I, I think some people get angry for the sake of being angry and just having something to say. And this just being like Tammy, said, Tammy, Tammy broke it down and said, that, like, she's not mad at what Monique said. Yeah, she doesn't wear her bonnet from particular places, too. But right. her daughter, and she explained, she was like, well, my daughter, if she wants to go get to, go to the store to get a Slim Jim, and she's not ready, she won't want to get up and get dressed and all that kind of stuff, she goes to the store with her bonnet on to get her Slim Jim and come on right back home. It's not a thing right. about trying to impress anybody. It was just that she needed to go make a quick trip real quick and why get dressed when I'm coming back home to relax. But I think, and, and I and I agree with what Tammy, what Tammy's response was. But it's it's crazy how we even have to word things to get people to watch us. Because her byline, you know, her tagline was like she was about to go at Monique, and that's not what she did at all. She basically said, "Bitch, I'm that same person. Mm-hmm. I'm not going outside with my head looking like anything. I'm not, you know." I, and I think that's what should have been taken from me. And a, a simple, well, sis, you know, we don't live in that world now where we got to be dressed in the eyes. You still do because people still judging you. Mm-hmm. You know, people still judging you. The person who got a man is the one who not going to go outside looking like that. Mm-hmm. The one who will get fucked is the one that's going to, and maybe I'm going to be bashed for saying that. But I'm just saying nothing has changed under the sun. I don't care how how these new age uh, generation Z, Y, X, W, Qs have made it look different. It's not different. We still going through the same problems. It's still uh, injustice. It's still teen pregnancy. It's still, you know, drug addiction, alcoholism, dysfunctional family. You know, it's nothing has changed. And these young people have to understand <laughs> these elders see that nothing has really changed but technology. 
That's the only new thing in this world. And that's just an advancement on what already was. So it's just an update. So there's really technically nothing new under the sun. And when an elder is speaking to you, you're almost out of time because I, I agree with you. Nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, and nothing has changed on the positive, like you said, but at the same time, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. In the negative, too. It, and it is. And that's the point. Like, I, I don't I don't have to agree with everything Monique says, but I, I get where she's coming from. I have a mother her age. So I, guess, I get where she's coming you from. You can also see where those, oh, oh, I'm, I'm going to say millennials again, but I'm, I'm speaking of the younger crowd that's coming from. 20-something, yeah. They don't want to do it your way because nothing has changed. But again, that is not different because my parents did things differently than their parents did. So that nothing. Yeah, I think this is this this not doing something is a different thing because the the reason that you haven't changed anything is the same reason that nothing has changed, and that is because you always say you're doing this for your grandkids, you're doing this for the next generation, but you don't change anything to accomplish. Well, see that's and see that's the that's the problem. So our parents. So your your mom is probably like in her sixties. The late 60s, yeah. So my mom's in her early 60s. So that generation was the generation that either went all the way and supported their children or ain't do shit. Right. A and that was the first time that that may have die. happened yeah. to that extreme. Every Normally, all the generations before that, in my opinion, they were somewhere in a gray area. Mm -hmm. But I think that generation that our parents are, they either went all the way or they ain't do shit. They ain't do nothing. At 18, you were grown. That was it. I'm done. You out of the house. And and but in these children, their parents ain't even wait till they're 18. So that that's where the that's the difference that I see. So there's a big disconnect in any elder, mm -hmm. any elder telling you something that will benefit you as an option for you. So because I was forced out of the house at 14, because my mother boyfriend ain't like me, I don't have enough, no elder can tell me, no old ass person can tell me what to do. Because I've been doing it for myself all this damn time. That's the disconnect between me and my sister. Mm. She doesn't see how anybody has ever helped her. Mm -hmm. But she ain't never been homeless a day of her life. She ain't never been hungry a day of her life. But she doesn't see how she's been benefited and she has privilege. Mm. And I and that's the, you know, I think I think elders just have they they have to change their or evolve their messaging because the messaging, how they're not even the message, how they're delivering it. These children can't receive that. It gotta be oh, something fancy and, and catchy with the hook. A specific plan. Uh, and here we go back to this plan thing. We've been talking about plans for five years. What is the, right. what is the next step to this evolution that we're looking for to how we want to evolve and make our communities safer, make our communities better and thrive, how we want to make our own race thrive without being... Because I remember you were saying, we can't do anything but help out. We got to help ourselves when we try to help anybody else. Yeah, yeah. that's a theory. But well, I mean, we got to start with ourselves because if your cup is not full, if 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 you was broke right now, how could you help me have my artist exchange show? 
you'd be like, bitch, I, you need to step the shit up. Right. But I, but again, how can I grow so I can support you if I don't have a platform to start somewhere? Mm-hmm. And it's the chicken or the egg. But I think, you know, we can't be, we, and I, I think I posted it on my, my Facebook. We have to make on Tracy, because Tracy is bonded out. This bitch is wearing bonnets every day now. But, <laughs> but it's just, we we have to make space for our our older family members, our older community members who have a mindset that's stuck in Jim Crow. Mm. This this idea that you gotta be on point and you gotta always be ready and you all that's a Jim Jim Crow mindset. Mm. But at the on the other extreme of that, you cannot walk around looking like anything. You can't. And expect for people to take you seriously because that's a clear indication you're not taking yourself seriously. It's not fair to think that. But you should want to put your best foot forward. And, and that's just that's just how I feel. And I'm a, a nigga who wear t-shirts and jeans every day of his life. I'm most comfortable in t-shirts and jeans. And I have I have realized the comfort of those damn slides. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't even wear fucking. That's why shoes hurt my feet now because I got a pair of Nike slides, a pair of Adidas slides, a pair of Rockwoods. But I, I've I've had to. I still understand tradition, but I also understand how to be independent mm-hmm. and a free thinker. And being a free thinker doesn't necessarily mean I can't listen to my mother or my grandmother. I would be. I would be disrespectful to go against that type of training. The fact that I can be so calm and peaceful at times has saved my life many times. But that came from me living with a great grandmother who told me, sit my ass still and be still. And and it's so funny though, because you do, (laughs) when you develop it into a full grown adult, you do Mm -hmm. take aspects of your family and bring them into your current life. Like I know what I took from my mother is that I'm never going to take shit from any fucking body ever. Yep. And in my yep. demeanor, you get that. Mm-hmm. It just, it takes me, and you know, saying that takes me back to what's the girl name? Oh. Um, argument in the um, studio. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I'm not saying yeah. a name, but you know who I'm talking yes. about. It takes me back to that situation where she told mm-hmm. me she basically when I told her the conversation is over, she wanted to keep on going. No, honey, you going home, baby. And see that that's a prime example of younger versus older generation. And 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 I mean anything over thirty five today is considered an older generation. But again, that was a clear example. She so wanted to. I said, wobble, I'm done talking about this. To... That's what exactly what it was. We're done. <laughs> Good night. Right. <laughs> and that and your response is the response of the older generation right now. I'm not arguing with these fools. No, I'm not gonna sit here and keep arguing with you about this because I don't know what you want the end result to be. The end result is gonna be still no. And that is a prime example. And be and I think I think because you only are probably around your nephew and that's and probably your godson and stuff like that. I'm around children all the time, pre-K through 12. So I'm seeing this dynamic change. Mm-hmm. The moment somebody started calling me on, I started feeling the change and seeing it. 
because I, I, it was just a dynamic. Anybody that don't look like they 12 is mm -hmm. old. And I had to remember, I couldn't even imagine myself being 38. Mm. I am the age when I realized what old was, or what I thought what old was. Now, literally, my mother was 38 when I thought anything over 30 was old. And I, I didn't understand. I couldn't understand. And I was a teenager. I thought this shit was, my you was old. And she was old. She wasn't even 40 yet. But it's, it's, it goes into that mindset of that is a prime example. That's a perfect example. Perfect <laughs> example of that's and, and this is a misunderstanding. But it was a misunderstanding because somebody got their feelings hurt. And it was the understanding you were just saying what you naturally ex from your experience. This is what I'm saying in this moment. And the younger generation takes everything to heart. So now for the next six months, everybody's going to be buying and selling bonnets. <laughs> and it's going to be disrespectful because now workplace environments are going to have to make rules to say you can't work here and wear a bonnet. And then that, that's going to be an old injustice that was based off of some young ass person getting their feelings hurt. And that's, that's, it's for nothing. All she said is when you go to the post, when you go out, when you're at the airport or you're out, girl, do something. Do, you know. And Monique right now is all about getting and keeping a man. This is how I got and caught my, I was, I was sharp. Monique has always been a sharp, big girl. And that's, that's been a part of her stage presence. I, I still remember when she talked about going to social service. I can imagine her. Going into the social service office here in Baltimore, dressed like the fuck she dressed right now, and I could—I know she wasn't lying because that's how she used to dress when you would see her around the city. Like Monique, where you going? At Eight o'clock in the morning. But that's—that's that's what it is. I—I—I I, I wasn't gonna get into it, but money, money said something, and but you can read the article. Soon on BigSposedRadio.com from um, the dawn. Love dawn. I said the dawn. Love dawn. Peace out, people. Don't forget to vote for the Artist Exchange for Best Podcast in the sports and media uh, section as well as Big Exposed Radio for Best Station. Uh, hopefully, we get a promo, you know. Money being an entrepreneur and all. Peace out, people. Thank you.